Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. House Republicans are in historic turmoil. We don't want to do nothing, Congress. And I will visit the border myself. The first question that he wrote when he, when he started to awaken was, was, did we win? It's not only that the lights are on, we know that he's home. Uh, and it appears that all, all the cylinders are firing. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome to the weekend. It is Friday. News and Views, lots to talk about. It is January the 6th. Two years ago, we had the uh, deal up at the Capitol. And uh, mainstream media today will talk about uh, how terrible it was. They'll, they'll wail and rip their garments and whatever. Uh, President Joe Biden commemorated the second anniversary of January the 6th with a ceremony in the East Room of the White House where he decried the violence carried out by rioters who attacked the Capitol and lies about the 2020 election voiced by former President Donald Trump and his allies. Biden made framing the Trump-era GOP as a threat to democracy as a major campaign theme for both Democrats in the midterm elections and his likely re-election bid. You know, in in all honesty, even if that one day was a threat to democracy, I'm not so sure it was. It didn't appear to be an insurrection to me. There was no one ever trying to overthrow the government. There's a lot of angry people that did something they shouldn't have done, but they weren't there to overthrow the government. But there there is a faction up in Washington, D.C. that is trying to overthrow the republic. And they're not made up of Republicans. The president also awarded the Presidential Citizens Medal, the nation's second highest civil uh, civilian honor, to 14 heroes. These were heroes in eyes of the progressives. Some of these heroes included progressives who valiantly stood against anyone that would inquire about overturning election results which is how they worded. I wouldn't say overturning election results. I would say, could we please dig down and make sure that the election results were what they were supposed to be? Were people disenfranchised because their votes weren't counted? Were the people disenfranchised because illegal votes were counted? That's what people are asking for. Biden said, folks, these people and the people representing them What they did is incredibly consequential. That's not political. That's a historic fact. That's what he was saying about these people that, quote, defended the Capitol on January 6th and made sure that the votes were counted. That, like the progressives, one of them counted. After acknowledging each of the recipients at Friday's ceremony, Biden specifically, now listen to this, Biden specifically took a minute to recognize the Capitol police officers who died after the riot. Now, the insinuation there is they died because of the riot. There were police officers, some of which a long period later committed suicide, too. There's, there's no actual correlation to the riot and their taking their own lives. One died of a stroke. And yet, he said, for all the families who lost someone, my heart aches for you, he said, he stated, and I want to thank you for having the courage to be here today. Listen, I'm not, I'm not mocking anyone that lost their life by suicide or otherwise. But there was one person that died that day on January the 6th. It was Ashley Babbitt. 
and she died at the hands of a Capitol Police officer. Is there any recognition about her death today by the mainstream media? I mean, there might be a mention, but there's... Listen, consider this. If that was a... And listen, I don't want to make this racial, but it's a matter of fact. If that was a Caucasian police officer who would have shot a African-American, it would have been a whole different scenario today. But that's not how it turned out. Uh, anyway, it was January 6th, two years later. Uh, Nancy Pelosi had a little get-together on the Capitol steps. I mean, the, 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 the political gerrymandering, <laughs> posturing. Uh, so the House is adjourned until 10 o'clock tonight as the GOP continues to uh, vote for the Speaker. McCarthy came pretty close. There were 13 representatives who um, flipped finally on the 12th ballot. They will get together, and uh, they will. So they've they've actually had 13 ballots thus far. I mean, you got to you got to you got <laughs> to have a program to keep up with where they are. Uh, they will come back tonight at 10 o'clock for the 14th ballot. Apparently, Kevin McCarthy. And this, what's interesting about this is there were two individuals, uh, Representative Ken Buck of Colorado and Wesley Hunt of Texas, Republicans that were not present for Friday's votes for personal reasons, but they are expected to be back tonight. And it is close enough that those two could flip the vote over for Kevin McCarthy. Uh Representatives who have already flipped, they flipped in the 12th round. Dan Bishop of North Carolina voted for McCarthy, as did Josh uh, Breachin of Oklahoma, Michael Cloud of Texas, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, Byron Daniels of Florida, Paul Gosar of Arizona, uh, Anna Luna of Florida, Mary Miller of Illinois, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Andy Ogles of Tennessee, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Chip Roy of Texas, and Keith Self of Texas. Now, as well, uh, Victoria Sparts of Indiana changed her vote from present to voting for McCarthy. Uh, a lot of these people are, are very were, were very strongly outspoken as to why they were not voting for McCarthy and were working on ways of getting the Speaker elected, but also getting... It, it, making it known that they wanted to have a place at the table. They, they did not want business as usual. Uh, it looks to me, I mean, I said this a couple of days ago, I, I well, didn't have a crystal ball, but I thought eventually McCarthy would get it, although yesterday I wasn't too sure. But uh, I do think now, in fact, I would, I would guess that uh, the reason why they're waiting till 10 o'clock tonight is for these other two lawmakers to get to town that they would uh, be a part of the vote. So, um, he received 214 votes on the 13th ballot. Uh, there was a uh, there were some scenarios here about how many uh, how many votes need to be flipped, but it's only one or two. So chances are, uh, Kevin McCarthy, assuming these two are coming in, and I'm I'm, I'm sure that they're going to vote for McCarthy. So it looks like Kevin McCarthy will be uh, the new Speaker of the House. 
but don't go out and bet your bottom dollar on it. <laughs> Who knows what will happen. Uh, did you hear about Pete Buttigieg, our uh, transportation secretary? He was on Fox News last night, and uh, he's come under fire recently because of his use of private jets. Now, again, if you're a liberal, it's do what I say, don't do what I do. These rules apply to you, but not for me. So Pete Buttigieg, on numerous occasions, instead of flying commercial, flying economy class, or listen, even flying first class, but no, he's got to fly private. He goes on Fox News, and his rationale for flying private planes instead of going commercial. Brett Baer says, you've been a big advocate for the environment, the administration's climate change policy. What do you say to people who ask, is it environmentally responsible to fly on private government jets when commercial options are available? To which, Pothole Pete said, well, when we're making a decision about what kind of aircraft to use, we weigh a lot of things. That's one of the things we consider. So is saving taxpayers money. Now, I fly the majority of time in economy class on an airliner, just like everybody else. But there are cases where we use an FAA jet, a jet that's assigned to my department. I'll give you an example. I went to Wisconsin recently. This was last year, I think. We saved taxpayers $2,000 by using the FAA jet instead of buying those airline tickets. Uh, listen, my, my, my dad owned a plane. And uh, when I was growing up, and we'd always go out and fly. And he would always say, now his, his was just a small little single-engine prop plane. But he would always say, it's a whole lot more expensive to fly your own plane even a small little single prop plane, than to fly commercial. And, I mean, but he enjoyed flying. And for him, he could get into smaller airports. He had it for his job and that sort of thing. But it was, it was more expensive. Well, we're talking about a jet, a private jet, versus flying commercial. The FAA reportedly charges federal agencies $5,000 per hour for the use of a private jet. And P Pistol, uh, Pothole Pete is telling us that he is doing it to save taxpayers money. <laughs> you know what's so amazing about these things is these people lie through their teeth. Now, first of all, they realize that the mainstream media, the legacy media, is going to back them up. But they, they lie through their teeth, and they, they, they really consider the American population a bunch of stupid idiots, that they can't figure these things out for themselves. And unfortunately, there is there is a segment of the population that will listen to what Pothole Pete said. Oh, okay, well that makes oh yeah, okay. Well, gee, thanks for saving us that money. Uh, Buttigieg has used private jets 18 times since taking office. Now, remember this: the um, guy that was the Donald Trump's in, uh, um, he was in Donald Trump's uh, cabinet. He was the HHS Secretary, Tom Price. Remember him? I think it was from Georgia. Uh, very conservative guy. Good guy. But he was forced to resign from Donald Trump's office 
because he used private jets. And I think he only used them once or twice, and he was forced to resign. Pete Buttigieg has used them 18 times. Where's the outcry? Where's the, the same mainstream media that forced Tom Price to resign hadn't said a word about Pete Buttigieg resigning? The uh, jobs numbers came out this morning, and uh, Joe Biden was just, I mean, there, there's a theme to today's program. The Democrats think the American people are really idiots. I've got several stories along those lines, Pete Buttigieg being one, Joe Biden, his look on the economy and the jobs report as another. Biden thought the, the jobs report was great. Now, interestingly, the stock market exploded today. I think it was up 700 points, the Dow was. And that's because, it's funny how the stock market, and look, I'm not a stock market guru by any means. But it's interesting. A lot of times when you get bad economic news, the stock market does the opposite of what you think it would do. So the employers did add 223,000 jobs from the December job report. And people think, oh, that's great. And, and Joe was going around saying, oh, look, our economic policies are working. Um, and, and the unemployment did fall from 3.6% to 3.5%, which is a 53-year low. But that, that doesn't mean anything. The reason why I say that is because you've got to look at the labor force participation rate. That was 62.32%. Uh, now, that was slightly higher than the 62.2% a month ago. But it is still below the pre-pandemic level of 63.4%. So we have less people employed now still than we did prior to the pandemic. And the reason why the number, the, the, the unemployment number is at 3.6%, 3.5% is because people aren't looking for jobs. If you're not out there looking for a job in the job market, then you're not counted. People aren't looking because of the, the cash flow from the government. Republicans are less convinced, noting that the December uh, month marked the second month in a row that the numbers of part-time workers rose and inflation continued to eat into America's paychecks. I mean, you know, with all the money that the government has given out, in 2022, your buying power has actually decreased. Quote, it may be a new year, but Joe Biden's agenda continues to leave Americans and American families behind. Biden is delivering the great American pay cut as his out-of-touch agenda rapidly driving wages down, Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ron McDaniel said. Quote, American workers are taking a pay cut and their families can't afford gas and groceries. The Biden agenda is only making it worse. December job gains were the smallest in two years. And that's, really, that's what you got to look at. And, and by the way, remember that December ought to really be a huge month because that's when extra people are employed in retail because of the Christmas shopping. This was the smallest December growth in three years. Biden said we should expect it to continue in the months ahead, even as we maintain resilience in our labor market recovery. Hourly wage growth also eased last month. So you're working more hours, 
you're making less money per hour. But to this, Joe Biden says it's great. The stock market said, okay, well, I'm looking at those numbers. While it's not good economic numbers, perhaps what it does mean is that inflation will ease up because people have less to spend, and perhaps the Fed will not take interest rates up as quickly as we thought they would because this economic news is not as good as people had predicted. We've got to take a time out. Stay with us. More news and views for a Friday. More coming up. I'm going to do my best to not drop an F-bomb. Is it all just a world gone crazy? My blood is boiling. I would love to know what the hell is going on in our country. We're a systemic, controlled demolition of America by the radical left. It's almost as if there's a group behind Biden just sitting around a table saying, how can we hurt the American people today? What can we do today? You know, I'm just so sick and tired of listening to Democrats all the time with this rhetoric. The game of politics gets exposed every day on News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, This just came out momentarily a a little bit ago. Um, A staff member was injured in a shooting at an elementary school just north of our listening area in Newport News, Virginia, earlier this afternoon. This according to local police. The incident unfolded at Rich Neck Elementary School, a school for kids ages 5 to 9. According to the Newport News Police Department, a staff member was hurt and taken to the hospital, but no students were injured in the incident. The school was put on lockdown at approximately 2 p.m. Officers have begun reuniting parents and the students at a reunification site. The Newport News Police Department said police are working to learn more about the shooting incident. We'll pass more along as we get that to you. A quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, some clouds, a low of 34. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, a high around 55. Tomorrow night, cool, might get below freezing with a low of about 31. Uh, Sunday, a mix of clouds and sun early, then becoming cloudy later in the day, a high of 54. Overcast showers, uh, overcast skies and showers possible. Sunday night, a low of 41. Chance of rain on Sunday night is about uh, 60%. At least that's what they're saying right now. Uh, interesting how quickly time flies. 48 years ago, 1975, the first episode of Wheel of Fortune aired on NBC. <laughs> 48 years ago, we've been watching that show. And apparently it still does real well. Sounds like it's a, a cash cow. Chuck Whirl, Whirl, Woolery. Chuck Woolery was the original host. Say Woolery ten times. Uh, weather and trivia brought to you by our friends at the Iowa Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course. Members only full-service dining. Uh, special events. Competition-sized swimming pool. Clay tennis courts. Ironwood is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. Join Ironwood right now with no initiation fees. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653 to learn more. They are a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. So when you join Ironwood, you're also members at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point Golf Club, and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. Again, that number, 252-752-4653. Join now while there are still no initiation fees. 
Town Hall's reporting one of Cousin Eddie's first official acts was, uh, once he became president, was to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. It was one of his opening shots. Now, two years later, we all, it, well, it's been verified what we all already knew. Conservatives knew this from the get-go. I mean, anybody with a lick of common sense knew, okay, this is an opportunity that we can actually become energy independent, quit sending money over to the people that want to destroy us in the Middle East, and quit sending money to despots like the guys down in Venezuela. This is our opportunity to lower the deficit, become energy independent. And we also knew that by canceling this XL pipeline, it was going to cost jobs. Well, it turns out, that And Congress ordered the Biden administration to give us the numbers. Uh, they were slow-walked this thing as long as they could. The numbers finally came out. Uh, the, the study was to estimate the total number of jobs that were lost, direct or indirect, as a result of his executive order. This was over a 10-year period. The impact on consumer energy costs. And it was to be released not later than 90 days after the date of the enactment of this act. Um, Granholm, the energy secretary, the, the woman who scoffs and laughs at the idea that we might be energy independent. Uh, as the Biden administration admitted, finally, the Keystone XL project would have provided at least 50 permanent operational jobs. But the main source of employment would have come from the construction of the pipeline itself union jobs, and secondary employment to support those union jobs. The Department of Energy reported a conclusion that that's estimates for the jobs created during the construction phase of the XL pipeline range from a low of 16,000 jobs to a high of 60,000 jobs annually for a two-year period, positions that never came to fruition as a result of Biden's executive order. But he's all about making America prosperous again. The Department of Energy report also cited a 2014 final supplemental environmental impact statement completed by the State Department under the Obama administration, which found that about 42,100 total jobs or 21,050 jobs annually would be created if construction were to take, uh, were to take two years. What's more, the Obama State Department estimated 2.5 billion in earnings in the United States if the pipeline project was completed and contributed 3.4 billion, or 0.02 percent, uh, to the United States gross domestic product. That's economic activity that the Biden snuffed out. And, and listen, this doesn't even uh, bring into the equation the amount of money that Americans are forced to spend on uh, heating their homes and putting gasoline in their cars, how much money has that taken away from other parts of the economy? I mean, how many people decided, well, because I can't afford to put gas in my car, therefore I, I can't go and take my family out to dinner, or I can't, you know, I, I can't go out and buy a new car this year because I'm spending so much money on other things that I have to buy. 
I mean, this report doesn't even take that into consideration, which and those numbers are enormous. I mean, how much more money do you spend right now on gasoline for your car? How much more are you spending now than you did two years ago when Donald Trump was in the White House? A lot. Multiply that by how many millions of people in this country drive automobiles? I mean, you talk about trillions of dollars. Yeah, I can't make it up. Uh, there's another story I wanted to get to. Um, I don't know if I planted it off or not. It was um, the story about the border. Do you have that uh, clip in there, Chris, uh, on the border? Okay. This is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre blaming Republicans, and again, they live in la-la land, blaming Republicans for the mess at the border. Go for it. So, first of all, it is a tax priority. I mean, the president put forth a comprehensive immigration reform on day one. So, him doing that, that first day of office, the first day that he walked into the administration and sat behind the resolute desk, clearly states that this is a priority for him and will continue to, to be so. Uh, and, look, uh, we will continue to call on Congress to act. Uh, that will not stop. And, look, I also want to just put this in a broader context here. The president inherited a mess because of what the last administration did. They inherited, a, we inherited a mess. And, uh, you know, Republicans in Congress made it worse by blocking comprehensive immigration reform. And so what you're seeing from this president is he's acting. He's acting to protect, uh, to continue to protect the border, secure the border, and also deal with irregular migration. That is what he's going to continue to do that. So the enforcement measures we announced yesterday will result in more, not fewer, legal pathways for migration while easing the pressures on our broken immigration system, which has been broken for decades. And so uh, the NGOs and the border communities that support those arriving at our southwest border, uh, but honestly, yes, the president made an announcement. He's made this a priority. So Joe Biden has made the border priority. Now, he finally said he'd go down and check things out. And by the way, again, as we reported yesterday, it sounds like Joe Biden is going to re-implement some of the things that Donald Trump was doing. That works. But yet at the same time, Corinne Jean-Pierre has said they inherited a mess. So why are you reverting back to the mess that Donald Trump had? Maybe because it was working. But, you know, you, you listen to these people. Who, I mean, they, they tell you up is down, down is up, left is right, right is wrong. <laughs> they are a, a, a really interesting bunch. But it reminds me of the mafia who would come into a candy shop up in New York or Chicago and sell the candy shop owner protection. You know, they go in and say, hey, listen, listen, we, we are here to help you. We are here to make sure that you're protected. And you, you buy protection from us, and we'll make sure that the bad guys don't come in and wreck your store. Now, what they don't tell them is that they're the bad guys, and if you don't buy the protection, they will come in and wreck your store. Those are the kind of lies that the Biden administration continues to put out there. That, hey, trust us. Just trust us. Put your faith in us. 
give us your votes and everything will be everything will be wonderful and they are wrecking the entire government again today january 6th joe biden comes out and talks about the insurrection and how you know the the, the maga people are wanting to destroy this country from the inside out no they're not the ones that are destroying it from the inside out but there is a contingency in washington that's doing their best to destroy this country from the inside out. And, uh, yeah, Joe and uh, Corrine, go look in the mirror, will you? we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up for a Friday. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! When we're not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, he, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on and 103.7. So early in the week, we were talking about uh, George Santos. He is the lying congressman from New York. Uh, this guy has really made a name for himself as... Uh, I mean, he really is is competing big time with uh, Joe Biden. Uh, this guy has lied about where his family's from. He's lied about all the money he's made in business. He even lied about the fact that he said he's biracial, that he's part black. Uh, he's lied about his mom dying in 9-11. He's lied about his parents being a part of the Holocaust. He's lied about being uh, a descendant from Brasilia from uh, uh, family members from Brazil. Um, and as a result, incoming House Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries said that Santos' many lies make him woefully unqualified and clearly unfit to serve in Congress. Mark Thiessen from the Washington Post, Mark's a conservative guy. You see him once in a while on uh, Fox News. He says he's right. And it's fine with me. I mean, if, if the guy's a chronic liar and lies about these things, we can't trust him to do what's right. But Mark Thiessen also says, okay, Hakeem, you're right, but what about Joe? What about Cousin Eddie? Biden has lied about his family history. During the 1988 Democrat presidential primary, it emerged that he plagiarized a speech by British labor leader Neil Kennock. Biden has also made numerous false assertions about his educational achievements. He claimed in 87 that he graduated with three degrees from college, that he had received an award as the outstanding student in the political science department, finished in the top half of his class at law school, received a full academic scholarship. None of that was true. None of it was true. He received a single B.A. in history and political science, had only been put up for the award by a professor, graduated actually 76 in a class of 85 from Syracuse College of Law. After the Supreme Court reversed Roe v. Wade, he claimed to have written a number of law review articles on the right to privacy, which was untrue. I mean, some of these lies are just in the last few months. He is also falsely claimed to have asserted multiple times for taking righteous stands 
in his 2020 campaign, Biden repeatedly claimed he was arrested in South Africa while trying to visit Nelson Mandela in prison, adding Mandela thanked him for it when he came to Washington. None of that was true. Biden also claimed during a speech in Atlanta they had been arrested while protesting for civil rights. You think I'm kidding, man, huh? It seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. According to the New York Times, there is no evidence he was ever arrested during a civil rights protest. I mean, even the liberal media looks at Biden and says, no, nah, he's, he's lying. He's also falsely claimed to have been arrested as a college student for entering an all-female dorm and sneaking into the U.S. Capitol. Has any president experienced so much imagined jail time? No evidence of that ever happening. He has also lied about his experience in war zones. In 2021, Biden told State Department employees that he was shot at overseas, similar to a debunked claim of being shot at inside the Baghdad fortified green zone made during a Democrat presidential debate in 2007. He later revised the claim, saying that, in fact, I was near where a shot landed. In 2019, he told a detailed story about brushing off warnings of danger when he was vice president to pin a silver star on a Navy captain in Afghanistan. The Post reported that almost every detail in the story appears to be incorrect. It was Barack Obama, not Biden, who gave the award. It was the Medal of Honor, not the Silver Star. It was the ceremony which took place at the White House, not Afghanistan. Biden has lied about consoling victims of tragedy. He claimed that he met in Washington with survivors of a school shooting in Parkland, Florida, while he was vice president, even though the shooting took place in 2018, well after he was out of office, and that he spent time at the Tree of Life synagogue after 11 people were massacred there in 2018, but he turns out he never visited. He did speak to the rabbi by phone, but never visited. He has lied about his relationships with foreign leaders. In 2020, he claimed that he had gotten China to join the 2016 Paris Climate Accord um, after meeting with uh, authorities there. He, the, the individual he said he claimed he met with in 2016, Ding Xiaoping, died in 1997. Makes it a little difficult. Maybe he had a seance. He also claimed that more than 20 times that he traveled 17,000 miles with Chinese President Xi Jinping, earning Biden a bottomless Pinocchio from the Washington Post. And, of course, Biden lies constantly, lies constantly about his record as president. He falsely claimed to have passed his student loan forgiveness by a vote or two. Congress never voted on it. He has repeatedly falsely claimed that he has cut the federal debt in half, that real incomes are up. They suffered the largest decline in four decades, by the way. That... His CHIPS acts will create 1 million construction jobs. The real number is about 6,200. <laughs> just, why don't you just say 6,200? No, you got you to, I mean, you know, it's interesting, these chronic liars, they can't help themselves. No matter what it is, they've got to embellish it just a little bit more. That his inflation act will reduce inflation, it will not. And that none of his military commanders advised him to leave a residual force in Afghanistan. They did. So, Hakeem, we agree with you. Yes. This guy, George Santos, is not fit to serve. And neither is President Joe Biden. we got to take a break. We'll be right back.
This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So as I said earlier in the program, it looks like they're going to come back at 10 o'clock tonight for the 14th round of voting, and it looks like it will probably go in favor of Kevin McCarthy. Earlier today, there were remarks from... Uh, Florida GOP Representative Matt Gates, one of several Republicans opposed to Kevin McCarthy, uh, that led to an outburst from a Illinois representative, Mike Boast of Illinois. Uh, not clear what he said, but uh, it is making for some interesting audio as uh, it got a little uh, somewhat of a ruckus. You have that uh, clip, Chris? This is uh, Matt Gates from earlier today. Speaker, my colleague from California, Mr. Garcia, knows the incredibly high regard I hold him in. He is a patriot. I deeply, deeply admire him. But I must take some exception with some of the comments he made in his nomination of Mr. McCarthy. First, he said that Mr. McCarthy has earned the position. You only earn the position of Speaker of the House if you can get the votes. Mr. McCarthy doesn't have the votes today, he will not have the votes tomorrow, and he will not have the votes next week, next month, next year. And so one must wonder, Madam Clerk, is this an exercise in vanity for someone who has done the math, taken the counts, and is putting this institution through something that absolutely is avoidable? Is avoidable. My colleague Garcia, Garcia did not say what many of my other Republican colleagues have. They believe that Mr. McCarthy has earned the position of Speaker of the House because he raised half a billion dollars to get Republicans elected. Engage in personalities against other members of the House. Uh, it, looked, it got a little nasty uh, after the uh, shout out happened. A number of uh, the members of Congress uh, got up and sort of walked away from Matt Gates. I don't think Matt Gates is going to be invited if uh, Kevin McCarthy indeed makes it to uh, the Speaker of the House. Uh, whatever get-togethers they might have in celebration, I don't think Matt Gates will. Get an invitation, just saying. Um, but listen, I understand the frustration, and and I am not opposed. Again, everybody's saying, oh, this is terrible. It's taken three days to elect a speaker. So what? I mean, for decades, we've had these establishment politicians ruining our country. If it takes three days to get the attention even if Kevin McCarthy is a conservative, and even if he's on the right side of the issues, get his attention. This is serious stuff. And, and uh, there's a publication out there, they're on Twitter, at Unusual Whales. It's a stock uh, uh, tweet. But they pointed out the fact that if both Republicans and Democrats... Members of Congress, there's a stock out there called SPY. 
It's a collection. It's, it's sort of like the Dow. It's a collection of S&P stocks. And that uh, SPY lost 18 percentage points in 2022. Yet, people like Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz out of Florida, she managed to, on her stock uh, trades, she managed to make 50% profit. 50% profit. So for every $100 she invested, she made 50 Um, there are a number of Democrats, and now actually the highest was a guy named Patrick Fallon, who's a Republican. I don't even know where he's from. Debbie Schultz came in second. Uh, there were a number of others. Debbie Dingell, who took over for her husband out of uh, Illinois, she managed to make uh, 7% profit on our stocks. Uh, again, it's these kind of things that y- you look at, the fact that the rules for members of Congress, they don't have to follow the same rules we have to follow. Uh, now, I, I know they're not supposed to do insider trading, but when you see profits of 50%, uh, why are they in Congress? If they're that good, why don't you uh, just go ahead and manage your own portfolio and retire? Uh, Maybe it's because if you weren't in Congress, you wouldn't be making profits of 50%. Just saying. Hey, listen, you all have a great weekend. Uh, It's going to be cool, but it's uh, rain's not supposed to come in until Sunday night. So get out and have a good time and uh, go to church on Sunday. And we will be back here on Monday at 5.05. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody.